0: Hello and welcome to the Crimson and Cream Christians podcast. My name is Will, and I represent the Crimson and Cream Christians here at OU. But this podcast is for all Christians on college campuses. Now, uh, this this past weekend and week have been pretty pretty interesting. So um, this past weekend, um, I pretty much was alone for it because uh, my friends um, went home for the weekend, and then. With my other friends that were here, I just ended up staying in my room all day on Saturday because I had a lot of stuff to do. Um, I have a whole list, which most of it, I will say, is me was me trying to write an essay, but I, I didn't really want to write the essay, so I wasn't mentally in there, so I ended up writing a paragraph and then being on YouTube for a bit and then writing another paragraph and then just being on YouTube again, so that, that was its whole thing, that's, that, that was its whole thing, and, um, yeah, it it was, it was, it was interesting, it was crazy, um, but it is finally, it is finally February, and I mean, January just felt like it went on and on and on, so I am happy that we are finally at a point Of where... Um... It's not January anymore. Because, like... Oh, man. Like I said, January just took... Such a long time. And, um... I don't know. it It just... Towards the end there, it just felt like... You were just questioning, why is it still January? It shouldn't be. But now it's February. And so far, February's been going great. Um been hanging out with friends except for this past weekend um i however i will say now that we're now that we're like recording this podcast that whole list that i had it's done it took me all day saturday to do it but we got it done and it's great Uh, another thing is my mom's been at disney world this whole weekend uh in orlando florida and i was just like why why can't I go? Because um, Disney's always fun to go to. In fact, the I like recently changed the um, background uh, desktop photo on my computer to the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Just because you know I love Disney World and I miss it and I want to go back. And then my mom. Because she's a travel agent She went to this travel agent conference In Disney World So I was just like Well, you know At least you're sending me pictures and stuff And that's having a good time um, Hopefully Fingers crossed I will find myself in Disney World Sometime this year There's, there's plans that I've, that I've made uh, I like to call them my Disney delusions But we'll, we'll see if those pan out And I'm actually able to pull that off but we'll we'll see we'll see. This week we're gonna go we're just gonna go now straight into um, the science of just logically you this probably couldn't happen and we're gonna put science up against the parting of the Red Sea. So let's set the stage. The Israelites are trapped in Egypt and are enslaved by them, and so. W- god tells moses to come to the land to get his people out of egypt and so in trying to convince the pharaoh moses does various various miracles such as throwing down his staff and turning it into a state snake and then picking the staff back up and it's no longer a state snake he puts his hand in his robe and when he takes it out it's all like diseased and has like a bunch of terrible things and just looks terrible, then he puts it back in his robe. Basically, what I like to say is he does a bunch of spiritual magic tricks, um, which, of course, I, I believe happened. I believe everything in the Bible happened exactly as it says in the Bible. But just the funny way to put how everything Moses did was by um, spiritual magic tricks. And then when the pharaoh of Egypt was who Moses was talking to and just couldn't convince. So then God sent a series of plagues down that hurt the Egyptian people, but went right past the Israelites and kept them safe. And eventually that's what wore Pharaoh down. And Pharaoh was like, okay, get these people out of here. So Egypt's, or not Egypt. So Moses started leading people out, leading the Israelites out of Egypt, and while they were on their way, Pharaoh was, changed his mind again, and his heart was hardened, and he followed the Israelites out because he wanted the Israelites back as slaves and wanted them to continue to force. And he wanted to continue to force them to do work. So this is where we pick up in the Bible on um, Exodus in Exodus 14. Because on the Israelites' way out, the group comes across the Red Sea. And when they were there, God said, "'Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers.' When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up the path through the water And with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, with the walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again, and the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. And so that was the main, the main um, miracle that Moses pulled off on God's behalf. That is kind of questioned by science because from the science perspective you can't just walk up to a sea raise your hand up and it just split so when i was doing my research here are a few misconceptions about this story that make people doubt that it is real misconception number one the sea didn't split immediately most movies and tv shows um, such as, funnily enough, VeggieTales. Love Veggie Tales. Most shows and TV shows tend to have Moses raise his hand and the sea instantly splits. But this is not what the Bible says happen. Um, in Exodus 14.21, the Bible says, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. The key word here is all that night. So if we change the version from a New Living Translation, from what we were reading to New King James Version, it says this more like, it's more specific as to what actually happens. So um, Exodus fourteen twenty one New King James Version Version says, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea And the lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided the second misconception is more like a question and it's could wind make a body of water split like we see in the story and yes yes it can Um, this new source that you will see in the description below stated that as recently as Saturday, January 13th, 2024, so not even a month ago, very strong winds pushed the shallow water of Lake Erie further into the lake. And this phenomenon showed boulders that are normally six to nine feet underwater. So as much as six to nine feet of water was blown, blown away from where it normally is on shore and split the water and this happened all because of a strong wind this is otherwise known as a wind set down so the strong winds can come and this has been documented as little as a month ago like not even a month ago this happened on lake erie and showed boulders that are normally six to nine feet underwater. But how did this happen on the Red Sea since it is so deep? Well, in this video that will also be linked in the description below, it says that a more accurate translation of the Bible, because the entire Bible was translated to English, a more accurate translation is believed to be the Sea of Reeds. So question four, what and where is the Sea of Reeds? The video goes on to say that scientists have found a possible candidate for this, which is south of the Mediterranean Sea called Takaetanis. And Taketonis is an ideal place for wild reeds to grow, which would help it being named the Sea of Reeds, which is what this video says the a more accurate translation of the Bible would be. So Let's walk through this story and how this could possibly happen through science, the lens of science. So starting back in Exodus fourteen sixteen, Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the waters so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. So that's just God talking to Moses. There's nothing, nothing really there that needs to be proven. But then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Okay. The sea, a strong wind came, and most likely caused a wind set down over the night, and that is what split the water and created the dry ground. This also probably happened at the Sea of Reeds and not the Red Sea, because experts say that the Sea of Reeds is probably a more accurate translation from the like the original Bible. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, with walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. When all the Israelites have reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again, then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and their charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. Basically, the wind set down stopped, and the water went back to how it normally was because there was no force pushing against the water to make it not split anymore. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day, and the Israelites saw the bodies of Egyptians washed up on the shoreline. And that, my friends, is how science proved the parting of the Red Sea. Like normal, these past few episodes, all of the sources that I have pulled information from will be in the description for you to check out and decide for yourself if the parting of the Red Sea goes hand-in-hand with science And so, Jesus, I come to you right now, and I thank you that you give us our curious minds and free will to go look for ourselves on if we believe what we believe. And I pray that this information about how the parting of the Red Sea could be possible with science helps someone believe that your word is just that much more true and valid. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.